Welcome to Right on Track, a songwriting podcast. Thanks to Tone for tuning in. I'm Demi Michelle Schwartz, and I'm thrilled you're joining me on my songwriting journey. So kick back and relax, don't fall flat, and remember, stay right on track. everyone welcome back to right on track joining me today is a special guest from the other side of the world joining me from australia is ali jean hey ali hey demi thanks for having me of course i'm so excited you're on how are you doing today yeah good it's a we're in the middle of summer down here and so in typical australia weather it's cold and rainy but apart (laughs) from that i'm fine Perfect. Well, I'm so excited you're joining me today because we're going to be talking about country music and the rising country music scene in Australia in particular. But before we get into all of that, can you share with the listeners a little about yourself and how you got started in music? Yeah, sure. So I think like a lot of people, music's not one of those things that I sort of found. It feels like it's one of those things that's always sort of been part of my life. And I think Growing up, you know, I listened to a really eclectic range of music, everything from country to pop to rock to grunge, and it's really shaped the artist that I am today, and I really can't imagine a life that didn't have music in it. And so I'm really excited to be able to talk about songwriting and music and country music with you today because it's a huge part of my life. Yeah, absolutely, and you're exactly right. I feel like a lot of songwriters, artists, musicians – we can't imagine living without music. It's just such an integral part of our lives. So I completely relate to that. And I also really like how you have an eclectic taste and how that shaped you into the artist you are. Because even though like you focus on country, like you mentioned, there's other genres. And for me personally, I'm a multi-genre artist. I do pop music. I do country music. Um, one of my Christmas singles has like saxophone in it. So it's jazzy. So I really like being multi-genre. And so I think having an eclectic taste and drawing inspiration from various styles is awesome. All right, so let's dive into our quote to chat about for today, and it's by Taylor Swift. So can you read that? Absolutely. So the quote is, my definition of country music is really pretty simple. It's when someone sings about their life and what they know from an authentic place. So what does this mean to you? Yeah, you couldn't have chosen a more perfect quote for me, I think. I think, you know, authenticity is a huge part of the music that I'm doing at the moment and a huge part of the upcoming album. And when we were putting the album together, we wrote about, I think about 10 songs and they were fine songs. They were good, but they ended up not making it onto the album because they just didn't authentically speak to who I was and the message that I wanted to share and, and, you know, my feelings and my experience of my inner world. And so that authenticity piece is so pivotal, I think, in music. And when you're putting music out there for people to listen to and people to comment on and people to critique, if it's not authentic, I think you're in really dangerous waters. And so um, if I had to pick one word around the importance of songwriting for me, authenticity would probably be it. So this quote resonates hugely. Yeah, we're the same person because authenticity is number one for me too. (laughs) (laughs) I really like this quote. Um, I think it, it really speaks to what we should be doing at the core as songwriters. We're sharing our stories, we're sharing ourselves. And if you're not authentic doing that, then I don't really see the point of doing it. Like, what are you sharing? Um, I And also, too, like, 
especially artists who get into like story songs and things like that, even if you're not 100% telling a story that's completely you know, nonfiction, like if you're fictionalizing a little bit, that's fine, because I do it too. But I think the root of what we should be doing, and the emotion that we're speaking from, and our experiences, there needs to be an authentic root to that. Because especially like when you get into doing interviews and playing shows and things like that, I think it's really important as artists for everything to align when we're presenting ourselves on social media and we're talking in interviews and we're talking about our music. If we're writing about things that are important to us, then that's going to come out in other areas and it makes us appear very genuine in all aspects of what we're doing. So I think authenticity is huge. And with Taylor talking about country music here and specifically, I think that's great because country music has been taking off in many parts of the world, not just in the United States anymore. It's everywhere. And I think that exactly what she's saying, the point of country music is, you know, sharing your stories. Everybody has a story to tell. And whether you're in the United States or in Australia, you have a story to tell. And so I think this genre is really special in the way that it allows people to share their stories in such a raw, authentic way. And it's definitely something that anybody can tap into if they feel drawn to that genre. Mm. And I think the thing about um, country music too is that it allows that narrative, it allows that story. And I think that's why so many people connect with it because you connect to each other through story. It's not a, a, a random list of facts and figures. We actually build connections with others and build connections with music through story. And I think um, country music is almost uniquely positioned to allow the sharing of that narrative as well. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's why I personally started to shift a little bit into the country pop space. Because when I started, I was a pop artist. And that's all I did. And my lyrics, like people would tell me like your lyrics have a country flair to them because of the storytelling and the authenticity and the imagery and all the things we see in country music that we don't really see a whole lot on mainstream pop top 40 radio. And so I kind of was naturally doing that in my lyrics. So making a shift to country was a natural thing for me to do, but I still do pop music as well. And I try to keep that authentic story driven aspect in my pop music too, because you're exactly right in the way that it allows people to connect, like sharing the human experience or emotions or, ex- or experiences or stories. That's how we connect from all around the world. And what's really cool about country music that you know, when we're sharing our own experiences, even if there's details in there that listeners can specifically relate to, the heart of the song is something that many, many people can relate to because of it being rooted in emotion. And so I think that's something really special about country music. Mm, For sure. So when you're writing, are you more lyrical driven or musically? Oh, look, I think this is such a tough question. I think it depends on the song. So like I would love to be one of those songwriters who just sits down and and they have a formula and, and each song turns out the way they want it. But I think for me it's much more dependent on the song, really dictates the process. And so there's some songs where it's it's the idea, it's the story that I start with and, and with others it might just be a riff or a musical idea and then the story comes from 
that. And so I don't think I, I write songs the same way each time. Um, and to me, that's kind of the beauty of it, that each each song, each story sort of unfolds uniquely. Um, so I'm, I'm a bit of both, to be honest with you. I couldn't pick one over the other. <laughs> I love that. I'm definitely more lyrical in the way that I start writing, but I have a classical piano background, so I'm super musical too. But typically for me, I get some kind of lyrical concept, but most of the time I write like the lyrics and music together, but what really sparks something for me is typically some kind of emotion or experience. Um, for me and I think it's really awesome too how you're so open to approaching songs in various ways because I think as songwriters you're exactly right that's the beauty of it we don't know how a song is going to reach us we don't know what's going to inspire us and so I think as songwriters one of the most important things that all of us can do is just being very present all the time because the song ideas come from the most unexpected places. So for you, what are some of the biggest inspiration points that you draw from with your music? Oh, I think there's probably two main ones. I think the most sort of the obvious or easy one is things you've experienced yourself, right? And, and as you were saying earlier, you don't always turn that word for word into a song, but it might be an emotion or a situation or an experience that sparks that song and from there it becomes the narrative. But I think for me the other place that I really draw inspiration on from is observation and I think um, you know there's so much to observe and see in the world around us and we're all these unique human beings who are going through the world having these kind of similar but kind of different experiences and some of the best ideas for me have been watching others or listening or learning from others and the experience that they've gone through and I love to sort of bring that multi-dimensional aspect into songwriting you know that it can be about something that I've experienced and I've felt but it can also be something that others have learned from or experienced as well and so I guess the, the personal, the lived experience and also the observational is probably where most of my um, ideas come from. Yeah, I love how you brought up like just not only your own experiences, but observing others because it's so important for us to be aware of the world going on around us. And even if we're like witnessing something, it can still very strongly impact us that will inspire us to write a song and that was one of the things like because songwriting is so rooted in experiences during the pandemic I was like what am I writing about I'm in my room and I'm not doing anything so during the pandemic it was really hard to find songwriting inspiration um, but I'm really happy that I'm finally able to find that again but that was one of the points in time where I had to be a lot more imaginative because I wasn't really living like nobody really was <laughs> yeah for sure and I think it's so interesting you know that you take one idea you take one story but within that there's so many different perspectives and depending on the perspective that you're writing from or the perspective that you're writing about it's a totally different song and so I think people always say you know like haven't we run out of ideas like how can we possibly have new narratives and I always think well they might be the same stories but the perspectives are different and I think if you can bring different perspectives and different ways of seeing the world and seeing an experience into your songwriting that it just allows you to connect with more people and a wider range of audience as well and I think that's one of the most powerful things that we can do um, as songwriters. Yeah absolutely I really like how you brought up the different perspectives because like if we say okay a love song there's thousands millions billions of love songs but they may be on the same topic of love but the person who wrote the song brought their own perspective to that and so going back to what Taylor said with the authenticity 
as long as you're being authentic, what you're writing will be unique because there's only one you. And so just tapping into that authentic space, if you're writing a love song, don't think, oh, there's already ones out there. No, like you are a unique person and you can bring something new to that. So now I'm super interested to hear about the country music scene in Australia. So can you give a little snapshot of what that looks like and maybe how it was a few years ago and how you've seen the evolution and then how you find yourself in that space? Yeah, such a good question. Look, I think there's so many elements to this. So I think historically speaking and traditionally speaking, Australia has been really proud of its country music scene and it's been very specifically Australian and very sort of rooted in that culture. So very almost like bush ballad, traditional country storyteller type um, music. And then over time, as more, um, I guess, international influences have evolved, so coming out of Nashville in the US, coming out of, um, you know, the UK, Canada, we've started to see this broader genre in Australian country music. And so you're getting this really interesting mix of styles where you have quite contemporary music, like what we do. It's quite pop rock um, influenced country. And then you have that much more traditional Australian country. And I think you know, there's kind of this battle going on in Australian country music a little bit at the moment where you've got the tradition and those who are very comfortable in the tradition and want to stay there and those who are sort of wanting to push it out into new boundaries. And so you have this really interesting mix of perspectives that's coming through. And I think that's really rich and fertile ground for new things to keep and new artists to keep building and growing and evolving. Um, and, you know, I think for me it's actually been quite difficult to find my place in Australian country music and, and I might not even be there yet because it is, I think, much more angled towards that traditional lens and the the, the content of my songs and the, the way that they're shaped musically is that very sort of contemporary lens and it was a real battle for me to think okay do I try and do something that fits within what's established within Australian country music or do I do what's true to myself even if that might take a while for people to get used to and that might be a bit different and I think that's where that authenticity piece comes in that in the end I had to do what was authentic to me even if it wasn't perhaps what a lot of what you see in Australian country music and I'm not the only artist who's going through that. So I think there's definitely evolution going on within Australian country music at the moment. That's really fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that everywhere in the world that is, you know, really tapping into the country music space, there are many different subgenres of country. It's not just traditional country anymore. And even here in the States, there's this whole thing that like pop country isn't real country, which thanks for calling me not a real artist, guys, those who are saying that. Um, but it's there are people who are so stuck on the traditional and that's fine if that's what you like awesome but this is like 2024 now like things are evolving new artists are coming onto the scene and I think the more independent artists that are trying to step into that spotlight and step into that genre like we all have different influences and different sub-genres that feel natural to us maybe we fit more into the contemporary space instead of the traditional like that's how I am too but one of my songs leans a little more traditional and a lot of people like that one but I think it's really really important to stay true to yourself like you've been doing but I think it's really great too that you brought up the challenge as well that 
the style that you feel most authentic doing as an artist may be a little different than what somebody would expect. But instead of conforming to something that's not authentically you, you're holding your ground and you're, you know, doing what's right for you. And I think that's really great because we need more people who create the music they want to create rather than trying to conform to something just because that's what's popular. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, um, when we look back at the history of music and the history of literature and the history of any art form, what comes next is always a push against what's come before. And I think you see that generational, that evolutionary kind of tension across a lot of art forms. But I think that's what keeps art expressive and contemporary, you know, that people find new ways of doing things and new ways of expressing. And I think that's what we want. And, you know, each generation, each iteration is going to do it differently, but that's actually really healthy and really helpful you know you can't keep doing the same things and so I think it's always that balance of of honoring the tradition but also carving out your own space in that as well absolutely I love how you brought up how it's like a generational thing and it's also something that's been happening since like the beginning of music like when I was studying classical music like you have the broke period then you have the classical period and the romantic period and it's the same thing where like pianists that I studied they kind of had a style and then like Beethoven came along it was a little more innovative and people were like what are you doing <laughs> because it was a little different um but in in a way like exactly what you said it's a healthy thing it's a great thing that if there wasn't evolution we'd still be performing songs that were popular in antiquity like that's what we would be doing but I think the evolution is a really great thing and it it really makes me excited too because country music has evolved so much over the past few years that just looking ahead I'm really excited to see what other subgenres come out and what other approaches artists take to the genre in the future. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, like we were talking about earlier, that narrative remains essential to country music and that authenticity, but how you express that musically, lyrically, how you bring that, you know, the sky's really the limit. And I think I think all the time now across the globe we're seeing new artists and new bands emerge with different ways of doing things and it's such a rich time to be in music. I think we're very privileged in that way. Yeah, absolutely. So more on the Australian country scene, do you have like a lot of festivals? Are there a lot of performance opportunities? What's that landscape look like? Yeah, really good question. So Australia is very rich musically and artistically and I think country music fits into that but sort of in amongst everything else if that makes sense. So there's probably like six or seven like main country music specific events across the year like um festivals and and different occasions but then within that there's there's myriad opportunities that are part of the bigger music scene so you might go to a folk festival and see country artists or you might show up at a rock concert and one of the openers will be like a country rock artist so I think in Australia there's the there's the distinct country stuff that's only country but then country sort of blended in to a whole lot of different genres and opportunities and 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 where I live which is in in Melbourne which is one of the major cities in Australia the the music scene is so rich that you can walk into a a bar on you know a Tuesday night and you might see a rock artist and then next up there might be a country artist and then you might have someone doing spoken word poetry and then you might have a pop artist and so there's this really rich intermingling of different genres um which I think just 
you know, adds to the country music scene in Australia as well. That's fantastic. So looking at the independent artists versus maybe some artists that are considered more mainstream, how do you see that balance? Like equal opportunities? Is it really difficult for independent artists to break in? How does that look like? Oh, look, I think, I mean, it's very hard for me to know whether Australia is different to the rest of the world or whether it's it's the same. I mean, I think it's always difficult for independent artists when you're getting established to find your listener base and particularly when you are perhaps at the more um, contemporary end of the spectrum and you're not um, an easily recognisable sound or people can't say, you know, this sounds like something else that I've heard. Um, So I think that's part of it. But I think probably the other thing that's happening, and I imagine this is happening all around the world, is because music and music production is now so accessible which is good in a lot of ways, it also means that there's oversaturation. So just trying to get a bit of air, get a bit of breathing space for your music is really difficult. And so in Australia, one of the huge ways to do that is radio. So if you can get your stuff played on radio or if you can get an interview, it gives you that little bit of air and that little bit of an opportunity to sort of for people to actually hear your music and to, to differentiate yourself. So in Australia, I think we, we almost have the the opposite um, problem where there's so much music and so much art that it's about finding that little bit of breathing space as well. And that probably applies whether you're a mainstream artist or an independent artist or somewhere in the middle. It's just about finding that little little moment of space that's yours um, as well. That's amazing. That's super interesting too. I think that just looking back to when I started it definitely takes a lot for someone to even like acknowledge you enough because you're right, there's so much oversaturation with music because it's so easy to record and release music these days. But because of that, like you're pitching your music, you know, you're talented and you know you're good, but you need to convince the person on the receiving end to like listen to your music and give you a chance. So I definitely had that struggle when I was getting started. And like once you get some opportunities and you start to build up like your press kit and all that, then you start to perk up some ears because people are starting to listen and see you're getting opportunities. So it doesn't surprise me that things are kind of the same way there. Um, For you, what have been some of your highlights so far? Oh, look, there's there's been a few. We've been really lucky. So I think, you know, even the producer that we got to work with. So in Australia, there's probably like a handful of really excellent country music producers and getting on their books is really difficult. And so we were really lucky to work with a, a very talented Australian producer called Matt Fell. And even just getting him on the album, getting him um, bringing it all together was a, a huge win, I think. And and since then, you know, we've been lucky enough to have some airplay on um the Australian um, country radio, so the ABC, and, and that's sort of the major broadcaster in Australia. So we've been on a couple of their shows and had a couple of spins and that's been hugely helpful. So we've been really lucky in that space. We've had a couple of magazine articles and things like that. So even though we're a new artist and, and just getting started, we've been lucky enough to get um, some, some airplay and some feedback, which has been really helpful. Yeah, that's incredible. So speaking of your music, that's a perfect transition because I wanted to hear about a couple of your singles. So you had one come out last year and then one's coming up in February. So can you share with the listeners what they're called and maybe a little about the inspiration behind them? Yeah, absolutely. So our debut single came out last year and it was called Gasoline on Fire. 
And ironically, it was the last track that we wrote for the album and it ended up being the debut single. And it's really upbeat, high energy. The narrative's kind of about like, you know, like pushing back and speaking up, like when you feel like people are saying stuff about you. And it it has a really sort of high energy vibe to it. And, and so we kicked that off in August of last year and the feedback was really positive, both in Australia and, and around the world. So we got quite a bit of interest from the UK and the US as well and, and parts of South America. America and Europe so we were really fortunate in that space and what people commented on was they liked the high energy they liked the kind of country pop rock vibe and they liked a, you know a female artist having a little bit of a little bit of strength and grit um, and so that was the debut single that that came out and then in Feb of this year we'll be releasing our second single um, called Pretty on the Outside and it's got much more sort of a, a pop vibe um, like very, very upbeat, very easy to listen to, very catchy. And so um, that'll be our second single coming out soon, which we're really excited about. And that was, that came at a really pivotal point of the songwriting journey. For me, that was kind of really the first song of of the album as it ended up being. So it's we're really excited to release that as well. That's incredible. And I really like how you're finally getting to experience the rollercoaster ride and special moments of releasing music. So with your debut single, like going into that, just I'm just thinking back to my debut day. It's like, woo, <laughs> um, go going into that, like, what expectation did you have? Like, what were some challenges you faced? And just in general, how did it feel to finally have original music out? Yeah, look, I, I tried not to have expectations, I think, because I just don't think you ever really know. And I'm really mindful as a new artist, you need to give people time to get to know you and get to know your music. And that's why we're really pacing the singles, because we don't want to just push it all out at once and kind of overwhelm people. But you know, it was it really was special to see it um, go live, you know, on Spotify and and all those sort of things, and and to start getting some feedback. And I think one of the things that was really special for me was how quickly people started listening and noticing and paying attention, and and that was just really exciting. And I think coming back to the authenticity piece, I think if I wasn't one hundred and ten percent authentic in it, and I didn't feel comfortable, then it would have been really nerve wracking putting it out there, you know, for sort of like public listening and public critique but because I was so confident that it is an authentic expression of me as an artist I was really very relaxed like if people didn't like it that was okay it didn't mean anything bad about me or bad about the song it just wasn't for them and so I think being so solid in that authenticity gave me so much comfort going into the release of the first single as well. Well shout out to you for having confidence straight away because that was not me. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a really long time to become confident in my music. And literally to this day, like I've had, I don't even know how many releases I've had across singles and album and any piece so far, but every single time I release something new, my stress level for it like to not appear on platforms is ridiculous. Like I stay up till midnight every time just to make sure it releases because like I, I'm doing everything myself, like releasing everything. So I'm like, please tell me I did this right again. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, I totally get that. We've been lucky to have some really good help across the platforms, which is lucky because if I was doing it myself, it, it definitely wouldn't happen. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely an exciting time for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So looking ahead, it's a new year. So what fun plans you have for 2024? Yeah, well, I think um, a lot of it 
revolves around releasing the singles in the lead up to the album release. So as I said, you know, Pretty on the Outside will come out um, in the next month or so and then we'll probably drop another single around April, May and then release the album in the back half of 2024. And so a lot of what we're doing is around promo for the album. We've got some good gigs coming up and really just focusing on building that listener base and, and getting people listening to the music. So that's going to be 2024 for us, I think, and that's really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good luck with everything. Thank you so much, Demi, and thank you for having me as part of the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Before we go, I just have one more question for you, and that is what are some final thoughts you would like to share about the rising country music scene in Australia? Look, I think what I would say is that Australia is a small but pretty awesome country and I think the country music scene reflects that and there's, you know, despite the sort of traditional innovative tension, there's so much great new music coming out and I'd really encourage people to stop and check it out. I think what people will find is even if you're not Australian, even if you don't know much about the scene, coming back to that authenticity piece, it's it's real and I think when you listen to it, you can appreciate that and I think that's one of its greatest strength so I'd really encourage those who haven't heard um, Australian country music you know stop check us out you know um, you can find um, me on Spotify and Instagram under Ali G Music Australia um, and and you know from there you'll see lots of great links to other Australian country music too so I'd encourage people to listen to it because I think you'll find that the authenticity really resonates. Awesome. Well, Allie, thank you so much again for joining me. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Allie Jean. And of course, until next time, stay stay right right on on track. track.